Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bailey, Neve, Dustin, Sean, Matthias, Brooke, Oliver, and Abigail. As you may or may not know, some see confirmation as a graduation. It is true. That is right. Some individuals will consider this day your church graduation. In fact, the Lutheran Church has seen the troubling statistic that after confirmation, many youth and their parents will never darken the door of the church again. At least that is until they need the church to do a wedding, a funeral, or a baptism in the future. Again, these individuals see confirmation as a graduation day, the end of Sunday school classes, the end of sermon notes, the end of the small catechism, and unfortunately, the end of regular church attendance. But when challenged about this mindset, when challenged about letting church attendance slide after confirmation, well, these students and these families can get very defensive. Defensive indeed. The defense often sounds like this. Indeed, the defense often sounds like this. You know, don't worry, we are doing church in our own way. Yes, we're doing church in our own way. But what does that mean? What does that mean to do church in your own way? Well, some do church by watching religious people online, whether it's YouTube or late-night television. Nonetheless, they watch online to do church in their own way. Others worship God supposedly in nature. Or others worship God by listening to Christian musical artists. Or what is most likely common is that nothing is actually taking place. Indeed, what is most likely common and what happening, what is most likely happening is that nothing is taking place. The phrase, well, we are just doing church on our own is nothing more than a smoke screen, if you will, to not feel guilty and to get the pressure off of the conscience. The point is this. The point that is being made is that these individuals supposedly do not have to worry. They have made it up in their mind that they do not have to worry about the well-being of the Christian faith because they have a plan. They have it all figured out. They are safe. They have created a strategy, a method, or have someone set up to allow them to keep on being spiritual but not religious. In other words, they don't need the church. Now, on the surface, this all sounds rational. It sounds good. sounds very clever and figured out. After all, it sounds kind of nice to be spiritual but not religious. However, there is a fundamental flaw in this kind of thinking, and that is this. It assumes that this world is peaceful, that this world is kind and non-threatening to Christians. Furthermore, it assumes that this Christian faith is a bunch of rose petals and pumpkin pie or a long walk on the beach. Now, dear confirmants, as you know, this Christian life, as we've discussed the last three years, this Christian life is not full of unicorns. It's not full of birthday cake and fun confetti. Instead, as we learned, being a Christian is being under the constant threat of danger, walking through a valley of death. 
Being a Christian means that you have a target on your back. We talked about when that sign of the cross was placed upon your head and your heart in your baptisms. Well, you were marked with a target. It means that you are at war. It means that you're in a conflict. You're at odds with the world and the devil himself. Now, Jesus talks all about this. Indeed, he talks all about this in the reading from the Gospel of John this morning. Jesus says that this world is full of, get this, full of wolves. And these wolves, they want to devour the sheep. And sheep, when they're not in the sheepfold of the shepherd, well, as you know, sheep are easy prey. Now, dear confirmants, you may be tempted to think that you can live outside the sheepfold of Jesus. You may be tempted, maybe in the back of your mind, may be tempted to think that you can devise a plan, a scheme, or a way to be spiritual but not religious. However, please hear me loud and clear. First, wolves are sneaky. They are indeed sneaky. Wolves, they often hunt sheep with a stealth and secrecy. And sheep often do not know that they're being hunted. That is until it's too late. And secondly, the majority of the plans that we devise to take care of our spiritual well-being, well, they're just like hired hands. They don't work, as we heard in the gospel reading. Hired hands, they don't work. You see, when the wolves come to attack the sheep, just like a hired hand, our plans, our schemes, our systems, they fall apart and they run away at the first sight of any kind of trouble, any kind of pain, any kind of suffering. They cannot withstand the attacks of the wolves. This is the reason why so many people return to the church when the going gets tough in their lives. It makes sense. Whatever they have made a hired hand in their life, whatever they made a hired hand in their life is not strong enough, it is not big enough or wise enough to withstand the attacks of the wolves of life. And so God be praised, thankfully, and God be praised, they come back to the church. They come back to the sheepfold. And we rejoice at that. We say that is good. Bailey, Nevaeh, Dustin, Sean, Matthias, Brooke, Oliver, and Abigail, listen up. The blunt truth is this. You are not safe from the wolves of life. Apart from Christ's church, you are vulnerable sheep, just like this guy right here. We are vulnerable sheep apart from Christ's church. We're vulnerable sheep. Sure, we may be able to acquire a bunch of things and persons and resources and things to protect us from these wolves. However, mark this, when the going gets tough, these things will fail. They will run just like a hired hand runs when the wolves attack, when the wolves attack the sheep. Now, please keep in mind that I do not say this with some sort of ulterior motive. I do not say this to you to try and manipulate you. I promised you in the first day of confirmation that I would always speak truthfully to you, bluntly and honestly. I do not say this to manipulate you to staying in the church to somehow boost church attendance or to get you to contribute to the budget of the church, to get you to be loyal to St. Paul's Lutheran Church as if that's going to boost my ego or the ego of the church. No, if I were to be advocating for any of this, I would be no better off than a hypocritical hired hand who talks the big talk, but runs in the face of danger. Instead, I say this to you because of what Jesus says, what Jesus says to you. As your pastor, I say this to you because you and I, together with all of your family and friends right here today, we all do not need a hired hand, but we need a good shepherd. 
a good shepherd that will never let us down. Bailey, Neve, Dustin, Sean, Matthias, Brooke, Oliver, and Abigail. In our reading from the Gospel of John, Jesus tells you, he tells you, and the rest of us here, your family and your friends and the rest of your congregation, he tells all of us, get this, that he is our good shepherd. And as your good shepherd, he cares for you as his sheep. In fact, unlike a lousy and worthless hired hand, unlike all the failing systems and schemes and plans that let us down in life, well, you're Jesus. You're Jesus. You're Christ. He protects you. He protects you against the fiercest of wolves named sin and death and the devil. In fact, hear this, confirmation. Hear this. Hear this loud and clear. Open your ears and hear this bold proclamation. When sin and death and the devil come charging at you like a pack of hungry wolves to devour and steal you away, to confine you to the hell that you deserve, your good shepherd, Jesus, he stands between you and the wolves. And he says this, Damn you, wolves. Damn you, wolves, for attacking my sheep. Take me. Take me instead. For I'm the good shepherd. You will not touch my sheep. You will have not authority over my sheep. They belong to me. You cannot snatch them from my hand. I have promised to keep these confirmants. I have promised to keep these sheep safe. Take me instead, for I will gladly give myself to you for the sake of protecting my sheep. Amen. And dear confirmants, the Lord does give himself for you and for your sake. Among Calvary, he gave himself into the jaws of death on your behalf. And today he gives himself to you as well by giving you the benefits of the cross at this altar as he invites you forward to receive his body and blood this day. Indeed, the Lord gives you his body and blood at this altar to forgive you of your sins, to fortify your faith and strengthen your love. He does this for you because right now you are in his sheepfold, this church. And so the point is quite clear. You and I, as well as the rest of your family and friends and church, we continue to come to this church even after confirmation, not for a budget or not for attendance pins or to make your grandma and pastor happy. Instead, you come to this church because it is the sheepfold, the sheepfold of safety from the wolves in this world. You come to this church because it is a haven or an ark, an ark of safety in this crazy storm we call life. You come to this church because Jesus is actually present in this church. And as your good shepherd, he comes to give you himself in his word and sacraments right here in the sheepfold. And in the case that you confirmants do fall away from the church in the upcoming years, I want you to hear loud and clear this morning. I don't want you to forget what I'm about to say. Hear this, dear confirmants. Your Jesus, your Christ, will never turn his back on you. No matter how far you stray, no matter how long you depart, no matter how much you get ensnared in sin and darkness in this life, your Jesus will never stop calling you back to the sheepfold that you belong to, that you've been baptized into, that you've been marked in. Never forget that there is more grace in Christ than there is sin in you and me. And he always invites the tired, always invites the worn out, the sin sick to come unto him. For he is the good shepherd that provides rest for our body and soul. 
Bailey, Neve, Dustin, Sean, Matthias, Brooke, Oliver, and Abigail, you are sheep. You are sheep. And Christ is your shepherd. Today is not graduation, but a day where you take your places at the good shepherd's altar, his table, so that your shepherd can continually provide for you throughout this life, through the good, through the bad, through the ups and the downs. He is your good shepherd, and he does not fail you. In the name of Jesus, your good shepherd. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.